Hello and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual, so here's your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And I will start by asking, what is new to you, Alex? Well, there's not really anything you and I haven't been together for this week. Right. <laughs> um, but I got new glasses. I saw them. They're super cute. I love them, except for um, I've been having some issues with like peripheral vision. Oh. Um, so I, I went back in after I wore them for an hour or so, and they adjusted them a little bit and that helped, but I'm still not used to it. And they were like, you know, it might just be the prescription's a lot stronger than you think. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they said, wait a couple days to a week. And if you're still having issues, come back in. Um, But it's it's manageable. There's just like. I don't know, stuff right in front of me looks like at a weird angle, but I'm not sure if it's at a weird angle or it was at a weird angle before, and now mm. I'm seeing it correctly. <laughs> it's always hard getting used to a new prescription. Like, it's always going to be weird. Well, I didn't think my eyes had weakened that much, but they said that my last prescription that I was using was giving me 2050 vision, and now I'm at 2020, so it's kind of a big difference. Oh, yeah, that is. Yeah, last time I got new glasses, my prescription didn't change much. Like, I needed new glasses, but not, like, desperately. Yeah. Which is nice, because, like, when you just keep going in, like, every year you need, like, a stronger prescription. You're like, oh, God, my eyes. When will I be blind? <laughs> right? I'm just going to have, like, tubes for eyes. <laughs> Coke bottle glasses. Like, Coke bottle glasses, yeah. <laughs> well, that's neat been uh, yeah i will love them other than that but. yeah they look great <laughs> been uh watching anything or reading anything lately um i have a big list of things i want to watch <laughs> <laughs> i know same but what's new yeah um i watched the kindergarten teacher on netflix uh, which is maggie gyllenhaal oh. and um she has she's a kindergarten teacher and she has a a student who is sort of a poetry prodigy and she's just like obsessed with like like turning him into like letting people know about mm. it but like it, she's really trying to fulfill her own like feelings of inadequacy right so so it goes wrong right. it's a thriller sort oh, of that's interesting <laughs> it's like a, a light thriller like if if <laughs> If you want to be, if you want to be like a little bit like worried the whole movie, it's great. You're not going to be like, oh no, what's going to happen? You're going to be like, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie, what are you doing? Oh, no. Maggie, what are you doing? <laughs> I like Maggie Gyllenhaal. She's great. This is she's really good in this. Yeah, well, I bet she's really good in lots of things. Well, because we, I feel like we always see her like with other stars yeah. and she's the only star in this movie. Oh. Like everybody else, like the only other actor I recognized is her husband. And I only know him from being a very small character on orange is the new black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
So she's really taken front and center then. She really is. But, but like, she's the absolute star of the movie, but she also fades into the background. And I think that really speaks to how she was portraying the character. Right. Like, the character felt like she was fading into the background. Well, that's cool. I mean, that sounds like a good... Yeah. Is it a movie or a series? It's just a, a a movie on Netflix. That's cool. Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting looking movies out on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to watch Polar because it's got my guy Mads in it. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but it looks rad. Have you started um, Sex Education? No, I haven't. But yeah, speaking of, with Gillian Anderson in it. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah it looks... <laughs> My coworker just finished it and she said it was very good. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, Gillian Anderson is a delight at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually been watching this weird documentary series that just came out it's on it's streaming a lot of different places but you can watch it for free on youtube um called hellier and uh-huh. it is a paranormal investigation documentary series about this town in kentucky called hellier um and uh-huh. when i first started watching it i wasn't a hundred percent sure whether or not it was fictional or if it was made in earnest um because the production value is actually quite good uh for a paranormal investigation documentary but it seems to be made in earnest um i'm in the middle of episode three right now and it's just so fascinating to watch it's like there's like the the investigate the guy who's like a paranormal investigator like a like a like a small time paranormal investigator he got an email from this guy saying like i have this problem there are these little creatures these little men that are like terrorizing my family we live out in like rural kentucky and they they seem to be coming out of the mines the old abandoned mines nearby Uh, A man named Terry Wrist told me to get in touch with you. And the guy's like, what? I don't even... Who's Terry Wrist? I've never heard of this person. And I don't know what's going on. Um, And it just sort of gets really weird from there. Um, It's... (laughs) It starts getting tied into the, like, nearby Mothman legends and... Um, like the the Tommy knockers, and it's just like this really weird sort of cryptid search uh, documentary, uh-huh. and it's so fascinating because <laughs> they're like, you know, they're like, well, maybe it's aliens, or maybe it's like goblins, and you know, maybe <laughs> like they they start they do like weird because they're they're primarily ghost hunters and so they're using like ghost hunter techniques to try to find these presumably (laughs) corporeal creatures yeah so they're they're like using a spirit box um if you know what that is Mm -hmm. it's a very weird for if anyone out there is not familiar it's a weird technique where it's this machine that very rapidly switches through radio frequencies and so you just hear little 
bits, little, little snippets of radio stations as it cycles through them. And supposedly as you listen, it will like, you will start hearing like words and phrases like made up of these random noises um and it's like it's honestly it's it's funny because it's a very contentious practice like within yeah. the psychic and ghost hunting community um but they like do tarot readings to like figure out what they should be doing <laughs> and like it just gets really interesting because like this it's like this guy and it's in like his wife and their team and like his wife is much more on the sort of paranormal, like spiritual side of things. Like she's much more into the ghost hunting uh, stuff, and like he's sort of branched out into like Bigfoot hunting and like UFO hunting and stuff. Hmm. And so you've got these really different ideas of like <laughs> what's out there and how to go about things. But they're just looking for these little goblins in Kentucky, and it's really <laughs> fascinating whether or not you. Uh, buy into that sort of thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I'll uh, sounds like up my I alley. It, I'll let you know. Yeah, because yeah, it's really see, fun. It's called I Hellier. I love like ghost hunting shows, but mm -hmm. ghosts are like I'm so stupidly afraid of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> so I can only watch them during the day, but I work during the day, so <laughs> right. Well, Hellier should be a little less frightening for you then because it's not ghosts. Yeah, it it's sounds a little like silly even. Little men. Yeah, well, because there is a there's like other legends sort of in the region of like little men and they go back pretty far. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember if it was an episode of Lore. It was something like that. Talking about like little men uh, legends and like, you know, tracing them back to like fairy folklore and stuff like that. So it's like, that's a definitely, a, there's a long history of, like, mysterious little men. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it's, 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 a, it's fun to see a new take on, like, that kind of superstition. More modern take on it. But yeah, I'll, I'll let you, <laughs> if, uh, if you're not going to watch it, I'll, I'll let you know how it all wraps up. Because I'm, I'm pretty curious to see where this is going. <laughs> Um, well, we're, uh, we're today, we're talking about something pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure anyone out there who cares at all has already heard, but Soldier 76 from Overwatch is confirmed to be queer. Um, so we're not totally clear on his personal identification he doesn't really say but there is reference made in a recent overwatch story um called bastet uh that he has had a romantic relationship with a man in the past which he thinks back on fondly um and there are opinions about this <laughs> luckily i haven't read too many opinions because i'm sure i would just get angry <laughs> right yeah well and and honestly i mean of course there are people out there who are like who cares or they ruined it or yeah. you know whatever um but luckily i mean it it, it seems like 
Overwatch is marketed towards people who are going to be at least fine with that. Like, it's not like a bro-y kind of a game. Like, if you look at it, just like in visual design alone, it is not made to appeal to the hyper-masculine crowd. Yeah, but I think um, they did choose the broiest character. <laughs> they did! Well, and that's the really cool thing, is, you know, the two characters at this point in Overwatch who are confirmed as having had homosexual relationships are the two sort of mascot-type characters yeah. that the game has. You've got Tracer, who's like the face of the game. Yeah. On all the and covers. you've got Soldier, who's basically the tutorial character. Who's the tutorial character and basically like... I, wouldn't, I don't want to like dumb it down by saying the easy character, but yeah, the tutorial character, the He's the one that's most like other shooters. Yeah, ease of entry kind of And also like, very like um well suited for a lot of situations. Mhm. He's he's a he's a great character. A lot of people like playing him. Um and he's he's very, you know, he's been your sort of all-American masculine hero. Yeah. Uh as far as Overwatch characters go, like that's been sort of his brand. And now he's gay <laughs> so cool i mean so we i don't want i i'm reluctant to stick the label gay on him because we don't yeah, know his but identity but he does have he, a gay relationship and he hasn't canonically. he hasn't had a straight relationship canonically the, exactly <laughs> yes um so cool good going blizzard cool choices like that's really interesting. That they're not that picking they're the obvious just... choices either. Right. It's like, yeah, Zarya's probably gay, but <laughs> you don't need to tell us that. Right. Well, and they might even end up surprising us and be like, no, she's ace and she just likes weight lifting weights. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Which would be so fun. <laughs> just because she's buff and has pink hair, right? she has to be a lesbian? Right. No. That'd be really fun, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean a lot of people are super excited about soldier being gay. Like they love it and they're into it. And I'm really happy that that's been the overwhelming experience that I've had uh, surrounding this conversation. Now I'm sure, like I said, that there are people out there who are less pleased, but um, they don't seem to be super loud, at least in the sort of overwatch community. And, you know, I just haven't come across them. Have you, what are some of the, can you think of any off the top of your head, any reactions? I mean, obviously there's memes and they're wonderful, but. What do you mean? Like, um, I mean, I, I only remember seeing people posting about it, like the day it happened or no, there was like, before I even started, the, saw the article, I saw people posting like, um, soldier is daddy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Which, I mean, he already was to everybody, but now it's like... <laughs> now he's officially... <laughs> yeah. And I saw somebody, like, labeling all of his different costumes as, like, Twink <laughs> and, like, uh, Silver Fox and, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I, yeah, I I love Soldier's uh, young young man skin. I It's, it's great looking. He's great. So I'm uh I have a, a Forbes article open called A Better Way for Overwatch to Reveal Soldier 76 as Gay. And I didn't uh I just opened it so I didn't read through it and I don't know what their suggestion is or whatever. 
Um, but uh, it opens with a picture, and I'm assuming it's from the, the story they released. And it's a uh, soldier at his current age standing in front of, I think it's Anna. Yeah, and she's um, holding a picture of, of him. Of him and, and, his, and his man. Yes. That's very cute. His former boyfriend, Vincent, who is, yeah, so uh, I've read a little of him and like, yeah, I, it's kind of silly for us to talk about this because neither of us right. are like big Overwatch <laughs> players or. You I'm know, I'm a I'm a fan from afar. I played it and then I don't know. I I love I love. I almost feel like for me, Overwatch is a Pixar movie that I like to watch. <laughs> well, and here's that's the interesting thing about Overwatch is that they let you decide how involved with the story you want to be yeah um because mm-hmm. yeah I, I i have seen a little bit of people being like i'm never playing soldier again this is stupid and it's like wow i feel like you need to examine some things friend but um <laughs> you know the the story exists but it's not really part of the gameplay yeah. And other other than the their little quips at each other right but it's like that's not it's not you're not experiencing the story that it doesn't have cut scenes it doesn't really have any kind of like you know there's there's little hints within the missions like of things sort of going on but you do not have to engage with the characters as people in a story at all uh yeah so on one hand like cool that blizzard is is doing this and like you know providing all these really interesting different identities and experiences um, in their characters. But also it's like an extremely low risk scenario to do it in. Yeah. It's, it's high visibility, but with less backlash, I feel like. Yeah. Because you know, people who don't want to engage in it that way just don't have to, like they don't even have to know about it. Mm hmm. But yeah so so like it is cool that that they are doing this but i I feel like it means sort of less than it does in situations where it's actively a part of the game when it's a more narrative driven sort of an experience like the upcoming uh last of us game where it's you know an extremely significant part of the story it seems yeah, yeah. that ellie is a woman loving woman like she you know that there are cutscenes in which she makes out with the girl and it's like part of the story <laughs> that she has romantic feelings for this other girl uh and in that's you know an inescapable part of the experience of playing the game whereas overwatch you it doesn't really matter to anything that soldier is gay other than Oh, he's gay. Like, cool. I like that he's gay. <laughs> you know. Um. So I uh, have another article open here, and it's the Polygon article about the mm-hmm. whole thing. Um. The uh lead writer, uh, a tweet from one of the lead writers says that both uh Soldier and Vincent are identify as gay. So we can now confirm. Well, thank that. you. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then what I would say, I feel like there's no like score for like how much soldier being outed impacts versus a whole game about it um because i think that 
you know, uh, Overwatch has a lot of visibility. It has a lot of um, billboard space that it takes up. Um, it's been out for a while, but we still talk about it a lot, I think, in the culture. Um, so I think that it does a lot um, on a different level. So so maybe not as like. I think maybe it it's more of a like a a visibility machine in terms of of queer queerness whereas if 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 it's a main part of a game it's more of an empathy machine mm-hmm. well yeah and and i and i first i don't mean to say it doesn't mean anything like it's great it's wonderful yeah cool, no cool no choices. i'm just i'm just elaborating um, on that but yeah i guess my point is like people who play overwatch do not have to confront the fact that tracer and soldier are Mm -hmm. gay if they don't want to like they can they can play the game and just think in their heads that that's not true if they want and it's not going to change the experience of playing the game whereas when you play this upcoming last of us game you are continuously going to be confronted with the fact that Ellie is a lesbian and it is part of the game. And in order to experience that game, you, you have to confront it. Yeah. And that actually makes me think of something I wanted to talk about, which um, I have another Forbes article and I bring it up because I actually don't like it. Um, (laughs) It's list. It's from 2016. So it's a little dated, but it says the best gay characters in mainstream video games. Hmm. And number, number one is yourself. So what are they talking about, like Dragon Age and stuff? They're talking about Dragon Age and Mass Effect and Saints Row and Fable and all that. And I'm like, that is such a cop yeah. out because those are those are not required playing. And yeah, and that's that's one thing that I was interested in talking about, sort of spinning off of the conversation about Soldier and, and Overwatch and how you don't have to experience that part of the game yeah. if you don't want to is, yeah, on one hand, mm-hmm. I love that those kinds of games that have the romance subplots are allowing space for that now. I mean, you know, The Sims, I think, was the first game to do that at all, um, was yeah. just to have have gay as an option. And it's just, just there as an option. Super cool, super necessary. That's the right thing for those games to do when they are games. But also, like, baseline. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but, you know, it, that those games, the whole point yeah. of them is you get to run it how you want to. And so, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's a necessary mm-hmm. option. And I don't expect them to be like, nah, Shepard is just gay. Because it's like, no, that's not how this works. Like, Shepard can be... Yeah anything that you want shepherd to be shepherd can be male or female shepherd can be white black asian you know whatever whatever kind of identity and ethnicity and you know whatever kind of person you want them to be that's the experience of playing that game and that's the point and that's great but again it's not the same kind of impact as a game that says this character is this person and part of that person is that they are gay yeah and i think um, at least as far as I've experienced with games that I've either played or know a little bit more about, um, Dragon Age, specifically Dragon Age Inquisition, does the best job um, in terms of making a character's uh, sexuality unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorian, who is um, a gay a gay romance option and also a party member who is also very good. <laughs> I mean they're all mm-hmm. good but you know he's not just there there you know um 
in order to l- gain his approval and go through his like personal story quest you have to help him deal with his dad mm. and his sexu- sexuality his sexuality is not the only thing that him his family and his country are dealing with but it's definitely a main main issue yeah and even like even like some of your advisors like you have a um a character named mother giselle who mother giselle who is like um sort of like what we would see we would imagine as like a nun in the faith of that's in the game um she like confronts you and confronts him on multiple instances and she's like are you sure you should be hanging around this person and she like thinly veils it as because he's from this place not because of his sexuality mm-hmm. and it's very like you again you can't interact with m- very much at all of dorian's story without being confronted with his sexuality yeah. and how how others see him yeah no that's great and 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 it is you know certainly important to include in the conversation non-player characters within video games because honestly they can be the more beloved or disliked <laughs> characters you know the protagonist always uh, often has sort of protagonist syndrome of like I am person, hello. Uh, whereas the yeah. side characters have more room by virtue of not being someone you have to like impress your own identity upon. They can they can be a lot more colorful and interesting and specific. Well, and the story is written rather than in your own head. Yes. Uh, which is very important. <laughs> yeah, I've got, so I've got a list here. Um, it's pretty interesting. It's advocate.com's uh, 25 LGBT video game characters list. It's kind of interesting that they title it yep. that way because uh-huh. it's not like 25 best ones. It's just like, here's 25. Here's 25 of them. Right. Uh, which, I mean, cool, good number. They picked some They picked some interesting ones, though, because like their first pick. Yeah, I went through it and I was like, I don't know most well, of yeah, these. Well, yeah, and like, but then it's like some of the ones that I think of like are, you know, not ones that anyone would think of. Because first you've got Tracer. Yep, yep, yep. Birdo, yeah. interesting choice. But yes, um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's yeah, I don't. sits in a weird area. Um, certainly. Yeah, I feel like Birdo, Birdo is very like, I don't know, like they don't even really acknowledge it. Oh, of course they don't. Birdo is just a a weird, like Mario enemy, but within the game's like manuals, which used to be a much bigger thing than they are now, you know, you'd get your booklet and you'd read it and learn all the stuff because video games just couldn't include all that information. I mean, obviously the language is extremely, um, dated and problematic yeah. but the gist uh-huh. is birdo was was born assigned male at birth and is ident and identifies as female so interesting yeah. i mean probably the only like video game monster creature that's trans so that's something <laughs> that's certainly something We've got Leo from Tekken. I don't know Tekken, so I can't really talk about. I don't either. Leo. Now, the next one on the list, though, is one that I do really want to talk about, and that is Poison from yeah. Final Fight and Street uh-huh. Fighter, because she's interesting. Because um, I understand. Now, this is not. Um, so. I think that the whole co- reason why. Poison 
was decided to be a trans woman in the first place is because at, at the time they were worried about putting in Final Fight women that you had to beat up. So this is a little icky. Oh. They were like, well, if yeah. she's not really a girl, then it's okay to hit her. Then you can... Uh, uh, because that's actually yeah. a man. And so you're allowed. Um, so yuck. Um, but <laughs> very, <laughs> very yuck. yuck for a just multitude of reasons that all sort of swirl together. Um, but since then... You know, she's been treated with a lot more sort of dignity as a character. <laughs> uh, she. So she first showed up in Final Fight in 1989. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's not fine that things were yucky surrounding her origins, but at least it makes sense, <laughs> you know. Uh, mm -hmm. But since then, like, she's she's portrayed as an extremely sexy woman like she's hot mm -hmm. she's super hot um you know really <laughs> voluptuous and sensual and cool and 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 very sort of that that kind of like sexy in control kind of woman a little like ivy from uh soul caliber oh yeah um, uh -huh. mm -hmm. but and and you know it's not like a topic of conversation that comes up. I mean, it's Street Fighter. There's other fish to fry, but there are little sort of winks to her transness, um, which some are, you know, more palatable than others. But I do think that it's cool that there's just this like she, you know, it's not treated as like a man in a dress joke. Like she's a woman, she mm -hmm. is, um, but you know, she's a trans woman, and that's just like the way that it is and I, I so she has some kind of a significant relationship with Hugo another character in Street Fighter I'm not sure if it's romantic or not if Dylan was here he could tell me he knows a lot more about Street Fighter than I do but like clearly there's a closeness between them and they just make such a fun couple because Hugo is a big huge dude that's based on like Andre the Giant mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, okay so she was his, according to wikipedia she was his manager hmm. um which is cool like she's yeah. this badass <laughs> trans woman in a position of authority like good for you poison i love it so she she's she started from a a yucky sort of a place but has gone in a cool direction because it's not often that trans women get to be portrayed not only as like sexually appealing but on their own terms mm -hmm. you know I, yeah I, I just i like it i like poison she's cool yeah i'm not much of a, a fighter game player so i don't know too much about that but i also feel like just from you know talking about it a little bit seems like again sort of in that sort of uh overwatch field again where it's you know, you can just pick the, the character to play as, or you can get into the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, the story of Street Fighter does come up a little bit more, um, you know, if, if you're not playing just, like, Ver yeah, versus right. matches. Yeah, it's a little more integrated um, you into know, the you, game. If you play as, you know, you play, like, the story right, mode, right. then, you know, things do come up. Each character has their own sort of story mm -hmm. and adventure that they're on. Okay. And there is, like, a plot to Street Fighter. 
Uh, it's weird. <laughs> it's super weird. Well, so is Soul Calibers. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure which is weirder. Street Fighter <laughs> might be weirder. Because uh, at least with Soul Calibur, it's like, Soul Calibur. it's all magic. <laughs> yeah, it's like magic historical fantasy. And so it's like, okay, whatever. Magic swords and like demons. All right, that's fine. But Street Fighter, it's like it takes place in like a contemporary world, like a modern day normal world, except like there's weird psychic dictators and like... <laughs> I think like Cody, I love Cody. He's great. But like he start, he was like a prisoner the last time I saw him in a game, but now I guess he's the mayor. So I, <laughs> I'm not sure what happened in his life. I didn't know that like ex-cons could become elected government officials, but apparently Cody can. So <laughs> good for him. Um, but go- continuing on this list. It's a lot of things that are very obscure. Well, yeah, it seems to be a lot of like, old 90s like full motion video yeah. and like pointing click adventures and it's like i didn't know that was going on honestly like that's cool maybe i should take another look at these weird 90s adventure games well, because there's some stuff going on there that i did not know about i mean some of these probably had like a hundred or a thousand copies sold or something <laughs> i don't know i mean like this this phantasmagoria that's a sierra adventure game sierra is a significant company and they have been since Mm. then uh you know i don't know about this baron friedrich von glauer i never heard of that but (laughs) it's uh, the beast within a gabriel knight mystery i I don't know but yeah there's there's certainly a reason why these things sort of didn't didn't catch on they're weird but but several of them are from sierra and sierra is like a real developer so (laughs) that's interesting um i don't know much about bridget from guilty gear yeah neither do i I knew that bridget was so i i believe that bridget identifies as male but but expresses as female um like he likes to wear girls clothes and is very effeminate but ultimately identifies as male. Uh-huh. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. But that's an interesting one. Again, it's a fighting game, so it sort of falls to the periphery, but it's 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 part of it. Um the next one on the list though is Krem mm-hmm. from Dragon Age Inquisition. Dragon Age is hitting it Dragon out of the park. Man. Yeah, they're they're really going for it and I like that. I like that. They're like, yeah, this person's a trans man. Here you go. One of my favorite things about Krem is in the story they really berate you for like being upset about it <laughs> so like you <laughs> that's good you can talk to to krem ab, uh, about but you're the way they word it is really funny because like your your dialogue options it's like it's like so how do you feel you ask uh krem's uh lead uh like person in charge of their like uh mercenary company uh iron bull who is also queer um you ask mm-hmm. you ask him um you know, why do you have, how do you feel about Krem being a woman? And Bull's like, what do you mean? Like, that's really like just the wording that the the game. Why are you? Yeah. Like (laughs) that has nothing to do with this. Why are you calling Krem a woman? Like, (laughs) I I disagree with your thesis. I can't like (laughs) this conversation. Like like the game makes you an idiot. And I love it. Like the game is teaching you in a really subtle, subtle way to like, what, like you're wrong. 
deal with it. Like you're pro you're yeah, you're looking at this <coughs> completely wrong and you don't just no, no. Yeah. <laughs> nope. And the only thing I will have to I will say about um Krem is uh he's voiced by uh, a female voice actress. Mm-hmm. Um and I think when the game came out, which I think was 2016, maybe 2015, um, people were like, oh, that's really cool. She, you know, she's a really well-known voice actress doing this male character, trans male character. And it was cool at the time. But I think going forward, what I would want from Dragon Age 4 is a trans character with a trans voice actor. Yeah, I feel like that's just the right thing to do. And also like, potentially there are trans actors out potentially there. more of a main character because Krem is there. Krem is, there's a lot of dialogue with Krem. Krem's involved with a lot of uh story, but Krem isn't a romance option. Krem's not on uh on the party. Um mm-hmm. he's just sort of around. He's around and he's really he's actually a really good character. He's really funny too because he um jokes about uh so uh iron bull is this really big kunari who's kind of like i don't know they kind of describe themselves as like ancestors of the dragons so they have like big horns and they're really big and muscly um but uh, iron bull has like the strap across his chest it's like just part of his armor but krem's like uh schooling him about binding and, mm. and pointing out about uh iron bull's breasts and all that and it's just really funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah dragon age is great i really like it i mean i will say um the because it just never works the the romance scenes like the sexy scenes in dragon age are just extremely awkward <laughs> they're super weird for me and awkward but sex scenes in video games have never worked and may <laughs> never work well the one with iron I, don't... I would argue the one with iron bowl works because you finish and then your entire like advisory team walks in on you too and it's hilarious sure you can set up fun scenarios surrounding it but as like actually sexy when it's like (laughs) yeah like the mute the romantic music plays and they're touching each other and it's just like oh my god do i have to see this like this is so awkward well the thing about it is it's it's like like simultaneously too slow and too fast (laughs) they don't well and they just can't they haven't yet made it look appealing like it looks like just barbie dolls smashing together like it doesn't look real i would say uh mass effect is even worse than dragon age in that one in that regard yeah it's weird weird. especially because it's like the aliens and it's like nothing against the aliens it's just that only makes it more uncomfortable because you're like how is this working yeah it's better to not um totally address it uh <laughs> i mean i will say like what are you doing in mass effect if you're not romancing an alien like what are you right. doing well but... well then i have i have i have things to say about that because right. in mass effect 3 and i think all the previous mass effects you there was no alien option for a uh, male male romance that's so crazy and that is a crime <laughs> yeah <laughs> doing and then even in uh mass effect andromeda um i i don't i've blocked out part of it but i think the only option they added in post dlc because people were so upset that there was still no gay alien yeah that's so weird right 
like it's all about alien sex and they didn't have it well and that's yeah i mean it's like how how star trek of you like to be, yeah you know to be like oh sexy alien babes but <laughs> um but, and, no, another, and also really on the topic of mass effect not only could you not ro- uh, there was no uh male male i don't i think there was a lesbian option for aliens um yeah the the um what are they the asari what are they called yeah the blue ladies yeah yeah mm-hmm. um because they're basically invented to be bisexual like yeah they are like sex monsters <laughs> yeah well and they're like we're an all-female race but we can reproduce with a male or female of any other race and it's like okay and they can change the <laughs> way see. they they appear to be attractive to any race as well yeah yeah, there's some there's a conversation to be had there. Yep. For um, sure. <laughs> but in 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 not only could you not have a male male alien relationship, but uh there was no party member that was romanceable for male male um until Mass Effect 3 when they retconned the sexuality of a character and changed it. Ugh. Who's also on this list right next right down one? Yeah. Caden Alenko. Caden, yes. yeah. And I get it because he's like the sexy guy. <laughs> um, and I like him and I'm glad he was an option eventually. But like. I it don't felt know. a little bit like, oh, here you go. Yeah, we'll throw Here's you a bone. You, I guess. Right, rather yeah. than like. Ugh. Yeah, not not super thoughtful. Yeah, like write a whole character for us. And they did. I mean, there there was um, I think he's also on this list or one of the other ones oh, on the other one, Steve Cortez for mass effect three, but I don't know. He was kind of a downer to romance. <laughs> Cause you have to like make him forget his husband who died. <laughs> don't do that. And that's like that really, right. that's like really rough. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't seem right. I don't know about that. Like this is, this is a uh, sexy space, not therapy space. Yeah, but it's it all comes down to therapy. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's all just broken people. So. <laughs> broken people are still broken in space. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <sighs> uh, so the next on the list is Ellie, who we've talked about a little bit. Um, who is like, probably I would say a good like mascot for queer characters in games right now. Because she's like a well-rounded, interesting character. And, you know, her her queerness is a significant part of who she is. But she wasn't created to be gay. Yeah. Like, she was just a girl. And she was a kid. And she was dealing with, like, other stuff. Like, it wasn't important at the time. Because she wasn't going to be dating anyone. Right. Anyway. But once it did come up, it's like, yeah, she's gay. She's lesbian. And it's like, oh, that's cool. And they made and, people and confront it, too. Yeah. They're like, oh, let's make this excellent game that everybody will want to play. And then, like it's just yeah you got to deal with it and she's she's great she's competent she's cute she's smart like she's just a great character who's a lesbian and it's just just peachy and it's also a a great view at um how it is to be queer when you're young right it's not like you, you know it's a really it's a learning lesson for for players that are like that might not understand like where like if they don't know anybody who's queer mm-hmm. and they've never really experienced any media that's queer 
what right. one might it's, assume it's like one anime. might assume that it's like it's an adult thing right and it's just like a switch but no it's like a whole life it's thing just going on. but <laughs> and and you know not it's not just you know educational for you know straight kids who have, don't know a lot about being gay but for gay kids who don't know a lot about being yes, gay yes that's a great point that's a great point and they want to be and validated she's voiced by <laughs> she's voiced by um one of my favorite voice actresses who happens to share a name with me since i've gotten married ashley johnson she's just great and i love her and she's on critical role Woo. <laughs> yeah um so the next one on the list uh gay tony from grand theft auto 4 i don't know anything about grand theft auto 4 so i don't know anything um, about gay tony i didn't really play much um grand theft auto but from what i gather the game is especially the ballad of gay tony was like critically acclaimed i do remember that and i think he's still like a bad person because it's grand theft auto but people really liked him is what i remember yeah, I mean, if there can be other likable bad people, like that's kind of the whole point of Grand Theft Auto, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> bad people who are criminals, but you like them. So. <laughs> and then I think so. they, so he was in Grand Theft Auto Four. He had his own like, D- or it wasn't even a DLC. It was like a yeah, it was a good it was DLC. expansion. It was an expansion. I think it was back on disc back then. Uh, maybe let's see. well, Advocate calls it a downloadable content package. Oh, well, but... anyway, they have a. I think there's also a, a Grand Theft Auto Five one too that came out rather recently with Gay oh, really? Tony in it. Yeah, that's he cool. Make it made a comeback, I think. Well, that's cool that they want to bring him back. Well, yeah, because it's successful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Which is good, you know. Then we can be like, mm-hmm. hey, we're uh, we're, we can sell, we can move units. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the next one on the list is one that I also have some mixed feelings about. I have no, um, no, you know, no yeah, no, knowledge. So I haven't played Persona, but I've watched Will play quite a bit of Persona 4. Um, so Kanji Tatsumi is... Um, so the thing about Persona is it's like... It's Weird. very psychological. <laughs> and it's it's about these characters sort of confronting their own personal demons and hangups and issues and stuff. And you sort of go into in in Persona Four. It's it's like the Midnight Channel. It's this weird like urban legend thing where like at midnight you turn the TV on and it's static and it's been raining and you go into the TV. I don't know. It's weird. It's super weird. But like the sort of dungeons of the game are like within the different characters' psyches, right? Yeah, and you're sort mm-hmm. of confronting their psychological issues and traumas. And uh-huh. kanji's so, and and I want to talk some more about this sort of phenomenon with specifically Japanese media's relationship to gay men. Um, so mm-hmm. kan- kanji's not explicitly said to be gay, but it's the heavy implication. Yeah. Um, he, now his dungeon is like an endless bathhouse. <laughs> interesting choice that it's i mean it's like that's some significant shorthand i don't know if i like it but that's some serious shorthand um and it is sort of like his discomfort with like 
feeling effeminate things and like yeah probably being gay um so like it is interesting that they're like showing this character really grappling with like a cultural disapproval of his like preferences and and personality um but it's not handled super well Mm-hmm. I mean, because ultimately the game is on the side of these kids. And so it's like, oh, he shouldn't have to feel this way. Like he, you know, he is uncomfortable with his possible queerness and that's not okay. You know, that he, yeah. sh- he shouldn't be, he shouldn't have to feel uncomfortable with it. But the it's got this weird dissonance where the game is sort of weird and objectifying about his queerness uh-huh. So it sits in a very weird place there. And, mm-hmm. and I, I don't quite know how to make up my mind about it. Yeah. So let's talk about Bully. Jimmy Did you Hawkins. play Bully? Um, I watched Dylan play a lot of Bully. I haven't played I it myself. love that game. It's, it's so much fun. It's so cute, yeah. which is like... Well, have so you heard that, not Rockstar. <laughs> that they're actually working on a sequel, finally? I've been hearing that on and off for so long, and I just really want one. I, I've heard, more recently, I've heard more specific things, so fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, Bully's great. So yeah, we were actually just, um, I was he was playing it pretty recently, and um, I was trying to figure out when it's supposed to take place. Because it's that's it, a good question. Because I mean, it's a prep school, so everybody's in uniform, so that can kind of. But like, there are obscure. sort of fashion cues, but I can't tell if it's just sort of like invoking sort of a fifties retro sort of a vibe, or because it's like it can't. I I just I really can't tell. But that's something kind of fun about it is it has this sort of timeless twentieth century yeah school kid experience thing um i feel like i feel like this i feel like it's supposed to like have the tropes and like characterizations of a more 50s sort of era yeah but it also feels uh 90s in a lot of ways too i i agree uh yeah it's got the sort of like nerds and preps and jocks sort of like you know those classic schoolyard classes <laughs> that, that <laughs> exist within sort of school-based media um but yeah it's so yeah you basically you can romance different people you know you can go out on dates with people and you can you can smooch on some boys yeah and it's one of those things where it's not a huge part of the game but just that small little freedom felt really really impactful when i first played it when it came out especially because it's the kind of story that could tend towards being sort of heteronormative and hyper masculine it's like yeah he's a school bully yeah and even and even toward leaning towards homophobic too right because that's kind of a bully trait a lot a lot of the time right like a lot of kids get bullied in school for being or at least seeming to be queer uh yeah. and jimmy's like he just he, he doesn't have to be that way it's not he's not that way and uh, but that's mm-hmm. another thing i really like about bully it's like he's not actually i mean you know he pulls pranks he's the and, underdog yeah 
Yeah, like he's not actually that bad. Like he pulls some pranks and does some naughty things, but he's not like cruel. Yeah, he's he's. I'm trying to like think of another way to. He he's kind of like a crime boss. <laughs> who's a good person deep down i don't know <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's an interesting place and i understand socially societally why they decided we can't touch this franchise for a while because it's a really yeah. fraught topic of like uh-huh. violence in school not yet. yeah like it's it's touchy it's tricky and it's it's honestly most of the time best left you know in serious discussion like it, you don't want to it's it's too it's too scary of a subject to to bring into light-hearted media especially yeah. as a character that you're supposed to like identify with and root for um and it's tough too because it i feel like that the um the cleverness of the game comes across when you're older but mm-hmm. it's more of a it's it's a game that's definitely marketed at least to to slightly younger audience than than um, Grand Theft Auto because Grand Theft Auto is mature and Bully is teen, right? Uh, ratings like, at oh, least. It's, it's so GTA for kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but it, I also feel like there's an element of The Sims to it too, yeah. where like you can kiss who you want, you can go to the classes you want to go to. Like, it has that sort of simulation kind of element to it too. Yeah, it's a lot more open world than you might expect it to be. And part of that yeah. is kissing boys. <laughs> yeah, a bully's great. Um, all right, we got on the next on the list is Liara from Mass Effect. You know, I Liara is just like my least favorite character. I find her really boring. Yeah, I mean, she is just that kind of like sexy blue lady thing, and it's you know, but it's... but she's not sexy. She's like <laughs> she's like the downer of the game. <laughs> <laughs> true true enough I, I guess i just i mean the uh that her physically species, yes you know is her species is yeah it's yeah. just that's what they are they're the they're the yeah. you know i just get flashbacks to original star trek you know it's that's all that that is <laughs> um now erica from Catherine is an interesting uh character because um she's revealed to be trans but you may not find that out like she's just a girl she's just a waitress that you know and in one ending of the game you find out that she's transgender and that's just you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) so on one hand it's like oh it's cool that it's like not a big thing but also it's like but if you don't know then it may as well not be the case so i don't know yeah representationally speaking uh, yeah, it's sort of like halfway halfway there, halfway visible because it's not a requirement of playing the game. Mm-hmm. It's like an Easter egg kind of almost. Yeah, it's 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 an optional <laughs> eventuality, but um so you know, it's, it's sort of like you know, two sort of ideas, you know, is it cool, you know, it's it's cuz it's cool that it's not a big deal. Like she just She's just a trans woman and yet that doesn't need to come up. But if it doesn't come up, then we're not necessarily going to know. And in real life, that's fine. But in video games, if you know, if you want this to be a representational character, you have to talk about it. So, yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then the last one, so, I have no idea who this is. So yeah, I don't know me <laughs> So um, a lot of these articles that we found are older. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them are 2016. Some of them are beginning of 2018. So they don't include um, anything from which is the newest Assassin's Creed game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Dylan's been playing a lot of that. Yeah, I, I think so, it's so yeah. interesting. So I was asking him, I was like, it seems like, you know, there's nothing. So the two main characters that you can choose to play as are Cassandra and Alexius. And, Cassandra, you know, it's just Cassandra's the girl one and Alexius is the boy one. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with Alexius. He's a great character. But everybody mm-hmm. loves Cassandra. And I was like, I wonder what that's <laughs> about. And he's like, well, I think what it is, is... The game was clearly written around Alexius. And so when you just put Cassandra in there, people just react to her the way that they would react to like a strong and competent male character. And so it's Uh just super cool to see a woman being treated the way that a man would be. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) That's what makes the difference. It's not that they've written her particularly differently or well. It's the fact that they didn't write her differently. Huh. See, that makes me think like that's awesome, but was it on purpose or were they just lazy? <laughs> uh, yeah, I really don't know what to think of it. Because like, if they were like, yeah, let's just have let's just write this character and that they can be a guy or a girl and it doesn't matter. Um, I think the good news is they can both be queer, though. They can, and as yep. they should be, and it's great. It's just just <laughs> great. Uh, but but that it, that really is what it is, is they just wrote this character and then they were like, or it's a girl and it's the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, Assassin's Creed has had has had some snippets of visibility in it. I think one of the older ones, Da Vinci was gay. Yes, Da Vinci was gay as real life Da Vinci was probably gay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he had some flirtations with Ezio. And it was pretty cute. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's been there's been some stuff here and there. It does, I think, suffer from a little bit of that. Like, well, there weren't gay people in the past <laughs> fallacy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like yes, there were. Have they done a, a Greece, an ancient Greece one yet? I don't think they have because that would be real that is, gay. That's what Odyssey is. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I. I Okay, I haven't played, I only played the very first Assassin's Creed, and I've only seen, like, two others actually played, so, It's just I don't funny know. that we were just talking, it's called Assassin's Creed Odyssey, their names are Cassandra and Alexius, and you're like, is there I a Greek know. one? It could have been Roman. <laughs> then it wouldn't be an Odyssey. Uh, I suppose. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, that's the Greek one, and that's why it gets okay. to be gay. That's the only reason. It's the main reason, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's great. Um, so a character that I want to write, cause we talked a little bit about the sort of, um, weird place that queerness sits in Japanese media. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, over on my, uh, YouTube channel, junk adventure, Dylan and I have been playing Steambot Chronicles, uh-huh. um, which is a crazy PlayStation two game that, um, nobody remembers, but us. And we love it. And basically the premise is like it's a world where everybody kind of instead of driving cars around, like everybody uses these small mechas called 
uh, trot mobiles. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's just like, okay, it's a whole world based around like everybody can own a small mecha. Uh, and so you can fight in the Trotmobile arena uh, just to earn money. It's just a fun little side activity. It's it's a an early example of a very fun kind of open world game. But the proprietor of the Trotmobile fighting arena is named Dino. <laughs> Dino is coded extremely gay in uh, the way that a lot of Japanese media will do. The sort of, you know, swishy, effeminate sort of male character who comes across as maybe slightly predatory, but ultimately harmless. Uh-huh. Um, and, I mean, that comes up time and again. You've got in uh, the anime Gurren Lagann, uh, Liron, who is a character that I love. He's great, um, but he does kind of fall into the common pitfall of the, like, won't stop flirting with the boys who are very uncomfortable yeah. with it mm-hmm. thing, which isn't my favorite. It's a little, um, it's a little, it's Dino a little is a little, point. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's just, it's just troubling that that seems to be the main representation of male gay characters in a lot of Japanese media, at least the Japanese media that comes uh-huh. over to America. Um, Dino and Liron are very similar. Uh, but one interesting thing is you can actually go on a date with Dino. Um, Cause there's a, there's ro- small romance options in a Steambot Chronicles. It's, it's, it's an older game, so it's not quite as in depth as, something like Dragon Age or Mass Effect, but there are a couple of girls who you have the option to romance and then you can go on a date with Dino. I was like, oh, Dylan, I want to date Dino. And he's like, you can you can go out on a date with him, but you can't like have, be dating him. And I was like, oh man, I mean, that's something. <laughs> At least that's something that you can actually do that. But uh, yeah, I just don't quite know what to do with those kinds of characters. Because on one hand, like, you know, in the case of Dino and Liron, they are allies to the protagonist. They're good people who are helpful, uh, but they are just sort of portrayed in the same kind of mm-hmm. yucky way. And I and I, I struggle because, like, I, on one hand, I want to be, like, Team Dino because he's great. You know, he runs this, like, big robot fighting arena but he talks with a very stereotypical lisp and like holds up his pinky and I just don't know. <laughs> well, I think I think it's and I, I, this goes back to our core value of the podcast, you know, um we can appreciate where something was at when it came out um and still be critical yeah. of how it comes across today. That's true. That's true. Yeah, because I mean, I I always did like Dino as a character. Uh, you know, he doesn't he doesn't seem too off too much to be like the butt of a joke, other than oh, he's effeminate. Like it uh-huh. it doesn't it doesn't come up a lot. You know, he just sort of has <laughs> behaviors. <laughs> he has effeminate behaviors, but uh, but it's not like he's yeah. ever put down mm-hmm. for being that way. So that's something. That's something. 
Can you think of anybody else that's that's worth uh, bringing um, into the conversation? Well, I just, you know, there are definitely options, which is nice to have. Like, and sometimes even non-options. That, let me explain that. Um, <laughs> dream, dream daddy. <laughs> yeah. It's a super popular game that everybody wants to play, but it's only gay. <laughs> it's only gay. <laughs> Great. And, and I love like that. It's like it's not just gay. It's they're gay dads like <laughs> single gay fathers, <laughs> single gay fathers. I love it. It's a great. Premise. And you play like, as a single gay father. Mm-hmm. And love everybody it. loves it. It's like great. it's fun, funny and like, but also it's funny, but it's not a joke. No, it's funny because it's like cute sitcom-y stuff. It's not funny because it's like, can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's it's good. So like, we're getting there. Yep, I think, <laughs> I think, there. well, I've been replaying Dragon Age Inquisition, so I'm already like ready for Dragon Age 4, like really badly. Um, mm -hmm. And the one character I really wanted to romance He's now the villain of the series. <laughs> oh no. So rewarded. I mean, but maybe no. I was going to say love can change it, but no. <laughs> no, the the game wasn't written that way, unfortunately. I mean, um if you were a female elf, you could romance him. No. Only an elf. <laughs> and even mm. then couldn't change his mind. Well, but yeah. but I really hope they like do really well because I think they're one of the first to actually have trans characters that like where it's intentional and not like starting off in a weird place. Right. They're like, yeah, no, this is a person who is trans and that's just what their life is. That's what their life is. And it like next makes sense in our world and people are OK with it. Right. Yeah. It's not like some kind of weird thing. It's just like, no, this is this is a way that people are sometimes. And but I mean, Dra Dragon Age has always at least tried their best to tackle, um, uh, you know, issues of being marginalized, like yeah, social social issues. issues. I mean, I would say they have the most refreshing elf storyline in a long time. It's definitely different. In that it's the opposite, like the elves are subjugated. <laughs> Not like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it, you know, it's a, kind of a lot to They're talk discriminated about. They're discriminated against. They're discriminated against and um, often like uh, segregated as well. Um, mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to play the game as an elf character because you really get a good um perception of how elves are treated in the universe i mean at, mm -hmm. especially in the the two first games because in the in the third one you're kind of like the hero automatically <laughs> right and they're like you may be an elf but you're a good elf like <laughs> that's the way people treat you um but yeah i'm really hopeful yeah. for seeing and and we really haven't seen a lot of uh, gender non-conforming characters in video games yet. And I really think those are going to be coming um, because it's... Yeah. Oh, you know what? There's one. 
Oh, so it was weird. We got this recommendation from a friend whose um, judgment I usually trust. She's usually into some cool stuff and I like a lot of the stuff she likes. It's this, now firstly, it's not really a game as I would define a game. Yeah. Uh, not not to put that in terms of like, this, this is not a, this is not a judgment. It's just sort of the experience of it didn't feel very game like yeah. to me. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, oh gosh, what? It's called something like We Met the Devil, something like that. And it's more of a visual novel with some choices you can make. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, for lack of a better word, and, and, and I mean this with all the love in my heart that I can summon, it's really Tumblr-y. <laughs> <laughs> now, the premise is fascinating, and I love the the concept in the world that it's set up because it's like it takes place in this it, it's like some kind of a weird summer camp <laughs> with like weird like religious overtones but not it's like it's not re, it's not this world it seems to be like a camp for troubled kids uh-huh um but then they're like contacting god with a radio and like it's just this fascinating kind of like magical world that's set up where it's it's you know it gives you enough to be like whoa what but not enough to like explain anything at all <laughs> um but it's like the main characters is a, this group of three kids who are um like a cabin together and the th at this camp they do this thing where a cabin is selected to meet the devil um and they have to like stay awake in this other cabin all night and like wait for the devil to come but it's unclear what that means if they mean like literally the devil is gonna arrive or if something else is gonna happen and it, it it's very very strange uh -huh. um the writing is a little hit and miss um but the three main characters are really interesting um they're named after like astrological signs they're like I don't know. I no. I don't remember. Their names are something weird. But it's two girls and uh, a person whose gender is, throughout most of it, pretty unclear. I think by the end we understand them to be a trans boy. Mm -hmm. Um, but throughout it, they're just sort of like not. Um, it's just a little bit vague. Yeah. Uh, and and I like that. You know, it's just sort of like. Yeah. And then there's this person yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> um and and it's not like a thing and it just sort of through context clues you start to sort of pick up on their identity um but it's not like significant you know it's not what it's about and it you know everyone is just sort of comfortable with what they identify as and so that's one thing that i thought was cool um it's a yeah, I think it's called We Saw the Devil. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I can recommend it. <laughs> but it's an example, uh, it was at interesting. Least. Yeah, it was an interesting experience um, and, and pretty brief. And, and like, I guess you get, like, different endings based on, like, the choices that you make. There are different uh, points at which the characters have to split up and you choose, like, who gets separated mm -hmm. from the other two. 
um and based on like how many times you like separate them and in what like in what configuration different the story will play out differently Mm -hmm. um it seems to be just sort of about like people's traumas and like the ways that they can go wrong the way people's lives can go wrong and make bad choices based on like their insecurities and fears and traumas oh yeah it's interesting um but it's not really it's not really a game and it's not it's it's just a little um i don't i don't even need to say anything it was okay (laughs) (laughs) it was okay well i'm just glad we're at a place where we don't necessarily have to beg and plead for representation yeah, and we're at, we're at a place where we can be like, could we get this a little more of this <laughs> and not like, please, <laughs> anything, right? Anything. Yeah, it's really nice. It's a really nice change uh, from, I don't know, even like five, seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's just getting better all the time uh, because people are just getting chiller about it <laughs> you know like <laughs> people who in the past would have been like uh, i don't know this is weird to me are like okay i guess so that's fine <laughs> and that makes all the difference well because they probably like, they probably tried kissing a boy and then it's like well now what <laughs> <laughs> or they just were like oh i guess like i have a gay cousin yeah so no i'm just it's not so weird to I'm, me just, anymore. I'm just yeah. teasing no, but I'm, i have heard more yeah. stories recently of men who were you know quote unquote straight and then it's like oh whoops now i'm not 100 percent straight anymore <laughs> yeah it's like it's fine it's fine buddy you're gonna be okay <laughs> it's just you're gonna be okay uh, but yeah i really do think that the, the 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 difference is just like more people generally are just sort of like fine with gayness and then other people are like please gayness and so uh you know people who make media are like oh okay it's not going to be a problem for most people if this is here so if yeah you want the, it, then, the, yeah. the the congress isn't gonna like ban their game <laughs> right it's not gonna be like a, a an outcry it's yeah just like, they're gonna still sell most people are like oh and... yeah it's 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 not an obstacle to capitalism to put gay stuff in there anymore <laughs> so so we get to have it now. Right. Thanks, Thanks. to capitalism. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have any recommendations this week? I think I gave mine at the top of the show. Oh, did you? Yeah. I guess you did. Do you have any others? What was it called again? It's called The Kindergarten Teacher on Netflix starring Maggie Gyllenhaal. All right. Well, check it out, everybody. Maggie's great. Um, I just actually I just finished reading today a book called um, The Buried Giant by Kazuo Ishiguro. Um, we talked about the existence of this book briefly way back in our episode where we were talking about genre and we were talking about that interesting conversation article thing with Neil Gaiman and Kazuo Ishiguro uh-huh. um, talking about like what makes genre and like the ways that genres can change. Um, and it was... Ishiguro was talking about his new book, The Very Giant. So I finally got around to reading it, and it's really beautiful. It's extremely, it's a very um, sort of allegorical tale, mm-hmm. uh, written a little bit like a like a fairy tale or a legend. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it takes place in very early post-Roman Britain uh, and centers around this elderly couple who are trying to go see their son who lives in a different village than them and the, the people that they sort of meet along the way. And it's it ends up being a story about like uh, sort of memory and like trauma and the way that things are sort of forgotten and repressed hmm. and, you know, whether that can be a good thing or a bad thing. And um, it's fun and it's, it's interesting and there's some sort of fantastical elements, very, you know, legend-like with dragons and monsters and fairies and things, but it doesn't get like, it doesn't get too fantasy-like. It's, it, it is more like sort of a, a an old legend yeah. where it's like, oh, and then the knight had to fight a dragon, but it's not like a fantasy story. It's just a story where... He had to fight a dragon. <laughs> so, and that's sort of what Ishiguro is talking about in that article we, we discussed where he's like, yeah, there had to be these things for me to write this story, but it's not that I don't think that that necessarily makes it a fantasy story. Yeah. It just has these things that are also hallmarks of the fantasy genre. Yeah. Um, but it's just beautiful and and wonderful and, and, a, and a very engaging read. And I highly recommended i actually i i'll i'll, I'll come clean i didn't read it i listened to the audiobook because that's what i do these days and it was a great audiobook too so if you're into those um yeah it's a good one sounds nice that does it for today's episode thank you for listening you can find us on apple podcasts spotify stitcher google podcasts anchor.fm and elsewhere please rate subscribe review so more nerds can find us we really appreciate it and it does make a difference check us out on twitter at lit merit pod for news and updates you can also chat with us about your favorite queer characters in in video games or what you yeah, want did we to miss see. anybody out yeah who'd we forget and especially if we forgot any like non-binary characters because that's where my like i want more characters like that and i also mm -hmm. don't know where they are so Help us find Please them. Show them to us. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. And until next time, remember, be gay, do crimes, and no, no guilty, guilty pleasures. pleasures.